the little things don't really bother me as much as they used to because now I see the really big thing, and that's the cross of Jesus. All encompassing, all conquering the cross of Jesus Christ. So now when we lock into this thing called Thanksgiving, the Eucharistia, when we genuinely dive into what it means to give thanks because of the cross, the things that used to be really big become really small. Will you turn with me to Luke chapter 22? Luke chapter 22. We're going to start in verse 14 and go through verse 20. Luke 22, verses 14 through 20. When the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. This is Jesus. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it has fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Verse 19. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. And today I want to lock into verses 19 and verse 20. I want to lock into verse 19. In verse 20, as we prepare to partake, Jesus says this. He says, this is my body, which is given for you. I don't want to focus into the gruesome beating of Jesus, which is important because it fulfilled prophecy. It's important to know what Jesus went through. But I've noticed that if we only focus on the beating Jesus took, we actually look at Jesus with pity rather than looking at his power. And so I don't just want to focus in on what beating he took for us, what his body went through for us, but I want us to focus in and be in all of the power of the cross today, to really bask in the power of the cross, the accomplishment of his sacrifice and his power, because only when we see him in this way can we truly live in a state of thanksgiving. I love this uh, from St. John Chrysostom, which was, a, which was a saint of the early church in about 392. And this is from his uh, Paschal homily, which is what we would call an Easter sermon. And it says this. It's pretty long, but listen in. Close your eyes if you need to focus. I want you to hear this. It's beautiful. Enjoy ye all the feast of faith. Receive ye all the riches of loving kindness. Let no one be well his poverty, for the universal kingdom has been revealed. Let no one weep for his iniquities, for pardon has shone forth from the grave. Let no one fear death, for the Savior's death has set us free. He that was held prisoner of it has annihilated it. By descending into hell, he made hell captive. He embittered it when it tasted of his flesh. And Isaiah, foretelling this, did cry. Hell, said he, was embittered when it encountered thee in the lower regions. It was embittered, for it was abolished. It was embittered, for it was mocked. It was embittered, for it was slain. It was embittered, for it was overthrown. It was embittered, for it was fettered in chains. It took a body and met God face to face. It took earth and encountered heaven. It took that which was seen and fell upon the unseen. O oh, death, where is your sting? 
Oh, hell, where is your victory? Christ is risen and you are overthrown. Christ is risen and the demons are fallen. Christ is risen and the angels rejoice. Christ is risen and life reigns. Christ is risen and no one dead remains in the grave. For Christ being risen from the dead is become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. To him be glory and dominion unto ages of ages. Amen. Jesus says, partake of this in remembrance of my body. Well, when we think of his body, we have to think of this. Death has been defeated. Because Christ went to the grave, because he died the death we could not die, now those who believe will never truly taste death. The grave has no more power over those who truly believe. So when we think of Jesus saying, take this in remembrance of my body, we have to be in a place of remembrance that death is defeated. We also have to remember that the devil has been defeated. First John tells us this, that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. I'm telling you all, the cross is a lot bigger than we think it is. So death has been defeated. The devil has been defeated. You truly have no powerful foe anymore. The devil only has the power you allow him to have. So through the power of the cross, death has been defeated. The devil has been defeated. Sin has been squashed. I need you to hear this. Upon the cross, Jesus in his body took upon himself the sins of the world so you could be forgiven past, present, and future. And upon the cross, the power of sin was defeated in the body of Jesus. So now when we think of the body of Christ, what do we think? Death has been defeated. The devil has been defeated. Sin has been squashed. The captives have been set free. We need to remember this now because in Jesus, the entire world, we only remain in captive if we choose to be there. I need you to hear this. Before Jesus came, the world was stuck in captivity. They had no choice. They were struggling to follow the law and they couldn't. They were constantly in captivity to something. But now through the cross of Jesus, the only reason any human will ever be in captivity is if they choose to be. No one, no one has to remain there any longer because of the body of Jesus. Because the body that was crucified for every single human on this planet. You can't find anyone that Jesus did not die for. And you cannot find anyone that Jesus does not love. The doors have been swung open wide. The gates to the kingdom and God is inside the kingdom saying, all come to me. Who are thirsty and weary, come to me. So only reason any human remains captive is because... They choose captivity. That is not the state of anyone any longer. We don't have to remain in such things. The captives have been led into freedom. The grave has been robbed. I love what St. John Chrysostom said. He said the grave no longer has any power. It no longer has any authority over anyone because Jesus conquered the grave. Do you understand the number one fear for all of humanity has always been death? It's always been death. You can find the most rich, most powerful people on the planet and they will still fear death. We fear the unknown because we don't know what comes after. But all those who believe in Jesus, we can simply take take comfort in this. That to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So whether in death or in life, we are in the hands of the Father. So when Jesus says this, when Jesus says, in remembrance of my body, he says it this way. He says this. He says, this is my body which is given for you. 
when we think of the body that is given for us, don't think of a body beaten to a bloody pulp. Why? Because the, the death of Jesus was not the finished work. It was the resurrection of Jesus that finished the work. So when we think of the death of Jesus, don't just think of a bloody beaten body that was hanging on a cross, which is a picture that should bring us to a realization that he truly did suffer for us. But I don't want that to be the picture in your head today when we think of Thanksgiving. I want the picture in your head to be of a risen Savior. The one that still has the scars to show what he's been through, but one that's risen above it. The one that's conquered the world. That is the body which was given for us. The human body tasted death, but the glorious body rose again. And now none of us will ever taste death when we put our faith in Jesus. And so now when he says, this is my body given for you, the number one thought in your mind better be a conquering Messiah. This is the body. Isn't it crazy how the enemy wasn't defeated by a glorious army marching forth? It was defeated by the Messiah dying upon the cross. That is what defeated. The world was flipped upside down, not by a Messiah charging in on a white horse, as so many were waiting for, but it was the Messiah on the cross taking all the things of the world into himself. And 2 Corinthians 5 says this, upon the cross, God was in Christ reconciling the entirety of the world unto himself. God conquered the powers of the world through the weakness of death. So now when you think of the body that was given for you, don't, don't have pity on Jesus for what he went through, but be in awe of his mighty power that conquered hell, death, and the grave, and sin in the matter of a moment. Verse 19 is by saying this, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. This word remembrance is not merely a subjective recalling of mind. So it's not merely you thinking upon these things, but an active manifestation of the continuing, continuing and actual significance of the death of Christ. Remembering means this in the Greek, participating here and now in certain defining events in the past and also in the future. So what is, what is Jesus saying? Jesus isn't saying merely think back to what I've done for you. Jesus is saying that now through what he's done, the supernatural work of what he did, now in the year 2022, we can now partake in exactly what he did. I, I need you to hear this because this is why this is powerful. When we partake of communion, yes, it is symbolic, but something supernatural happens because in the body of Christ, there's healing and there is deliverance in the body of Christ. We are also the body of Christ. When we gather together as the body and partake of the body, there is healing and there is deliverance. And so this right here, yes, it may be a symbolic blood and body, but there's something supernatural that happens when you identify with the death of Christ. When you partake of the body, you are becoming one with Christ. And so now this, we as Christians are called the body of Christ. You are an individual member of the body of Christ. We now partake of the body of Christ. You cannot be more healed than being a part of the body of Jesus. You cannot be more delivered than being a part of the body of Jesus. Because in the body of Jesus that was crucified for you, ultimate healing and deliverance was released into the world. So we have to understand that through this, yes, many of you have been taught in the, in the Protestant church that this is merely a symbol. It's so much more than merely a symbol because wherever there are two or three gathered in his name, he is there. And when the church gathers to partake of the Holy Communion together, he is there and he is there and he is here. 
So when we partake of Holy Communion, if we merely see it as a symbol, it'll never actually mean anything to us. But when we believe that his body truly set us free, when we consume the body, we will believe we are free. Not only will we believe it, we will live like it. So when he says, do this in remembrance of me, he is saying this. He is saying, now, here and now, when you partake of Holy Communion, when you partake of the Eucharist, when you partake of these things, you are actually in that moment taking part in what happened 2,022 years ago upon the cross. How powerful is that to know that the sacrifice of Jesus is universal for all of time, that even in the year 2022, when we take part in Holy Communion in remembrance of him, we are now identifying that we are on that cross with him. That it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. Through remembrance, through this act, we actively live in the reality and significance of the death of Christ. I want to put it this way. We remember in order to live within his power. We remember in order to live within his power. Because I'm telling you, if we dive into the power of the cross, we let that revelation dive into our souls of what he did when he said, this is the body I have given for you. I don't think Jesus was saying, hey, for all of time, just look at my dead body upon the cross. No, Jesus was saying, when I have risen, remember how I got here. When I am glorified, remember what I went through to get here. Remember how the devil wasn't defeated by a glorious army, but he was defeated by a Messiah on a cross. How mighty could the devil have truly been if the death defeated him? So what is Jesus saying? Remember this body when the things of the world are beating you down. Remember how powerless they actually are. That I didn't have to conquer them through my life, but I actually conquered them through my death. His objective power becomes a subjective reality to us. There's something we got to understand about the Christian faith. Everything this book says is actually objective reality for the entire world. God doesn't just somehow become powerful because you believe he's powerful. The objective power of the cross is true whether people believe it's true or not. But now through this act of remembrance, when we partake of said Holy Communion, of the Eucharist, when we partake of this, and we understand through revelation what it means. It now becomes the subjective reality in our lives. What does that mean? It means that the objective truth becomes our own personal truth. So many of us say the power of the cross freed me, but we don't live free. Many of us know how to acknowledge objective truth, but we don't know how to live that truth subjectively. So through this act of remembrance, through this act of understanding, through this act of saying this isn't just some symbol, but now in the year 2022, through the supernatural work of the cross, I am now partaking of the very body that the apostles partook of in Luke 22. The same power that the Last Supper had in Luke 22 has the same power today in 2022. I'm going to say that again because they knew there was something about that Last Supper that was so powerful. Jesus even said, I have a fervent desire to partake of this with you. Because there was something so powerful. Nowhere in the Bible does it merely point that this was just a symbol. The apostles knew this wasn't merely just a symbol. They knew there was something supernatural happening. And only through the supernatural can something that took place 2,022 years ago now have power today. Only way, the only way it can have power today. It's not merely 
assembled. This is why, y'all, for the first 1,500 years of the church, the Eucharist, Holy Communion, was the center of every Christian gathering. The beginning of every gathering they had, they partook of the Eucharist together out of thanksgiving for the cross of Jesus Christ. Because they understood we would not be here if it wasn't for this. So we as a church family from now on will actually be partaking of Holy Communion every single Sunday. Because if Jesus isn't at the center of this thing, I don't want to be here. If Jesus isn't at the center of his church, then it's not a church. If Jesus isn't at the center of my life, then I'm not a Christ follower. So from now on, the reason we're doing this today just worked out perfectly because Eucharistia in, in the Eucharist literally means Thanksgiving of the cross. Just happened to work out that way. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. But now through this act, we now partake. And the crazy thing is this, the early church for the first 1500 years believed that those who actually were lame and had illnesses when they partook of the Holy Communion, they were healed. Because they believed that you cannot consume the body of the healer and not be healed. They, they, they even believed that those who were demon-possessed, if they were to partake in the Eucharist, they would be set free because you cannot take part of the body of the deliverer and not be delivered. Now, there's power in this. There's power in this. Let's go to verse 20. Let's look at verse 20. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed Hebrews tells us this, he says, a new covenant cannot be enacted lest the one who, whose will it's in first dies. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus is foreshadowing to the new covenant we currently live in. Jesus is saying there's a conversion process that's about to take place. That through my blood, you will no longer be stuck under the old covenant. But there's something new that is coming. And when you partake of my blood, you enter in to that new covenant because only through the blood of Christ can we step into the new covenant. So what was Jesus saying? Jesus was, first off, he was alluding by his body that everything was gonna be defeated because scriptures tells us he has conquered all. Everything has been made subject under his feet. And now we're waiting for the culmination of all things to be put under his feet. So he was alluding that through his death, everything would be conquered, everything. Whether on this earth or in the heavens, he has conquered everything. And now he says, through my blood, there, there's something new coming. I love how Jesus says through his death, his death was a portal into the new covenant. Just think about that. Because the disciples were freaking out. He said, I won't be with you much longer. And they started to panic. What do you mean? He says, no, it's better that I go. One, so his Holy Spirit could come. But secondly, so you could live within the new covenant. And so now when we partake of the juice part, which is symbolic and supernatural of his blood, it's an identifier, but also a portal into the new covenant life. They actually taught for the first 1,500 years of the universal church before there was a split. They taught that through Holy Communion, once you partook of Holy Communion for the first time, you truly entered into the new covenant. But when we treat this merely as a symbol, the objective truths of what the sacrifice of Christ meant do not become a subjective reality in our lives. Many of us do not know how to walk in the new covenant because we have never truly, sincerely partaken of the blood of Christ. We've never entered through the portal. Many of us are stuck mixing old with new because we never understood this isn't just a symbol. Something supernatural happens here. 
There's something supernatural. Why? Because we're not simply physical beings. We're spiritual and physical beings. There's a duality to us. And when we simply call the things of Christ physical and symbolic, we miss the whole other half of them that are supernatural and spiritual. Some of us, gonna get, some of us this communion is going to change for us. And so through the blood of Jesus, his, his death, the shedding of his blood, he has instituted the new covenant. The new and better covenant is what Hebrews calls it. Let's talk about a couple of those things that through his blood, you are completely forgiven of sins. Past, present, and future. I, I taught on that for about two months straight. That through his blood, you are completely forgiven in the new covenant. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, he's no longer counting people's transgressions against them. There's no separation in the new covenant. You don't have to seek after God. You don't have to, to find him. He is always with you at all times. But the fact of the matter is he has always been with you at all times. There's nowhere you can go to get out of the omnipresence of God. He's everywhere at all times, but in the new covenant, there's a revelation that comes through Holy Spirit that reveals there's truly nowhere I can go to be separated from him. And if nothing else, that's the most beautiful thing about the new covenant is that there is no more separation. You don't have to come into a holy building to find him. He's with you in the darkest of places. You don't even have to behave perfectly for him to be with you because he never takes his Holy Spirit from you. That brings me to this, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, fellow believers of Jesus Christ, but I don't know where in the world I would be without the guidance and leading of the Holy Spirit. Even as a believer, I have tried to do things by my flesh and it ended up horribly. So I am actually thankful that Jesus went so his spirit could come. My goodness, I would have been like the disciples. Jesus, don't leave, don't go. But the moment I received Holy Spirit, I would understand. And I do understand. Because while Jesus was alive, he could only be at one place at one time. But now through his death and resurrection, his spirit covers the entirety of the earth. The entirety of the earth. He is everywhere at all times. There's nowhere we can go from him. There's nowhere we can get away from him. There's nothing you can go through where he's not there. There's nothing you can experience where his power does not encourage you and empower you through said situation. And through the new and better covenant, through his blood, there's freedom. I also taught on this, that there's freedom from sin, self, and systems of the world. There's freedom through the blood of Jesus. Before it, there was none. You were captive. Before the blood of Jesus, before the new covenant, everyone was captive to something. Even Jews were captive to the law. They had to live within the law. There was no freedom. But through the blood of Jesus, through the sacrifice on the cross, now we can experience true freedom. I preach this and I'll continue to preach this till I die. You can be completely free from sin, self, and the systems of the world. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying what it does take is this, a continual remembrance of the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is why he said, take in remembrance of me because only when we actively live in his subjective truth can we live in freedom because the moment you take your eye off the new covenant you're going to find yourself in the old covenant the moment you take your eyes off the cross you'll be right back in the things you started in because the cross is the portal to the new covenant Without the cross, without the blood, you don't get into it. It's the gateway. It's the gateway to freedom. It's the gateway to deliverance. It's the gateway to truth is the cross and the blood of Jesus. This is why he said, take in remembrance of me. You have to live in the reality of what has happened. 
Would you please stand with me? Like I said earlier, for the first 1,500 years of the church, this right here was partaken always. Always they partook of the Eucharist, the Holy Communion together. Every single time they gathered together. And as we partake of it today, I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that it is supernatural and symbolic. It's both. As we are physical beings and spiritual beings, this is also symbolic and spiritual. And as we get ready to partake today, I want you to focus in. Focus in on the Lord. Don't look at me. Focus in on the Lord. I want you right now just to start thanking him in your hearts, in your minds, verbally, even if you want to, but just thank him. As he said in verse 19, this is my body which is given for you. Think about the power of his death, the power of his resurrection. Think about walking in constant remembrance. It's a continual reality of past things that are present realities for us today. Let this saturate your mind right now. that you are about to partake of the body of Christ, that the same power it had upon the cross 2,022 years ago, it has that same power today to heal and deliver, to set free. And as we partake to drink of the juice, the symbol of the blood, let's remember that that's the portal into the new covenant that we are consuming the body and blood of Christ, which actually drove away the majority of his followers at first because they couldn't understand it. But now we understand there's something supernatural and symbolic to this thing. That as we gather as the body of Christ, we partake of the body of Christ to live within the healing and deliverance of the body of Christ. And Father, today, I just believe that there is power in Holy Communion. There's power in the Eucharist. And we just thank you for this, Father. We thank you. And I believe that healing will come from this. I believe deliverance will come from this. I believe freedom will come from this. When we have a revelation of what this means to truly partake of the body of Christ. Because there is no more separation. When you partake of his body and his blood, you become one with him. There's no more separation. You can't help but walk in healing of mind and deliverance of mind. You can't help it because now Christ lives within you. And Father, I just pray that through this, that we would truly live as the body of Christ, that we would live as members of the body of Christ, and that every time we gather, we would hold that in the highest reverence that we are the body of Christ. We're the body of the anointed one. I just want y'all to dwell on that for a little bit. We're going to come up by sections and get our um, communion element. So this section, you guys are going to go first. So y'all come up and... 
grab your communion elements. If you need someone to grab it for you, please just let us know. The rest of you just continue to be in that mind state, just focusing on Christ, the body of Christ, the death and resurrection of Christ, the new covenant in which his blood is the portal, the gateway to living within the new covenant. section. Y'all can come on up and do your communion elements.